You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Jesus, that's what everything is about us. It's a driving engine force behind everything that we do. I'm so excited to preach this morning. Uh, Pastor Dustin... And actually, they're out of town. They're on just like the whole like married vacation. Uh, once a year, they try to get out of town and do that. So we're going to pray for them. I'm sure they're enjoying their time. <clears throat> just pray that they, uh, they would just have a good time. I also want to just mention, take just a moment to say that uh, I want to pray for uh, a local church here in town, uh, Legacy Church. Uh, they've been meeting at ha- um, Harlem High School, and uh, today's their last Sunday. Um, so it's always tough to see a church plant, um, especially one personally that had a lot, was part of that team that planted that church. Uh, it's always tough to see those things come to end, but there's a season for things, right? Lives were legitimately, uh, and constantly changed through Legacy Church, through the work that Jesus did through Legacy Church. So we want to celebrate that. Uh, but just pray for them this morning that uh, that's got to be an emotional time um, so that they just are able to get through a, a wonderful final service and just that today that they would see lives changed in that building as well. So um, before we get started, and I do have to say this, just a real quick disclaimer. Uh, I don't normally sound this way. Most of you guys know me. Um, but it's probably a good thing that Janine was leading this week because this is what you got. Um, but you do have to listen to store brand James Earl Jones for the next like 30 minutes while I preach. Um, but you have to deal with that. And I appreciate you guys, uh, dealing with that with me. Um, but let's pray for, for Dustin and Ashley as they're away. And then also for Legacy Church. God, we just thank you so much, um, for the, the work and the passion that, that Pastor Dustin puts into the Impact Church. Pray that you would just uh, bless him and Ashley as they're away, just bless their time together. Um, and just pray that they would just grow closer together and just be able to um, just shore up uh, and just strengthen uh, their relationship even, even stronger than it already is, and they would just be able to lead this church um, with just great passion and direction. Um, and just thank you for them being able to take some time away. Uh, bring back to us next week or later this week uh, as we celebrate Christmas and uh, just looking forward to the many years in the future for the leadership they're going to provide. Um, Lord, I do also pray for legacy. I thank you for uh, the time that they um, that they were around and the season that they were around. And I thank you that you, you leveraged them. You leveraged their passions, their talents, uh, their time and their effort for your glory, and that lives were changed, that people came to know you, people grew in their faith in you. And Lord, I just pray that they would just be strengthened with today, and not not think of it as an end, but rather a launching pad as the families there go off to churches around the area. And I pray that they would get the rest that they need, but they would also take what they've learned and take their experience and wisdom that they've gained through legacy. And just use it to, to leverage for your gospel in other churches around this area. We're going to trust you for that. We're going to proclaim that, that that's how you're going to take this. Is that you're going to take that wisdom. You know, leverage for it for the gospel around this area and around the world. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. So we are in our Christmas series, Wonder, and uh, we're just talking about being in awe of what Jesus has done, what God has done, what the Christmas season is, right? We're celebrating Jesus. We're celebrating the arrival of our Savior. This is the initiation of the rescue plan that God has put out for us, and that is what Christmas is. So the first week, talked, first week we talked about God's love and just how um, it's just amazing. God's love knows no ends. God loved us so much that he would send himself, he would send his son down to this earth to be wrapped in creation, wrapped in his creation for our sake, right? Um, and that's just an amazing love. That is just an awesome love that, that as we sang that week, that we don't deserve, we didn't earn. There's nothing that we could do to obtain that love. He loved us so much that he laid it out for us. Then last week, we talked about God's timing. Uh, there being a 600-year gap between Isaiah's prophecy and Jesus' arrival, and we talked about how the process is difficult sometimes. How the process, excuse me, how the process sometimes is is so difficult to get through, and we just don't know what's going on, and we get so frustrated, and we want to say, let's go, let's move, let's, let's get out there, let's do what we want to do, and we lose sight of what's happening in the process. And I love what Pastor Dustin said when he, he laid that out last week. He said, we want the what, which is the end game of God's promises, the end of the process, but we don't understand the process. The waiting in the process allows us to recognize that instead of the what, we should first be desiring the who, and that's Jesus. The process helps us focus more and more and more on Jesus. The process between Isaiah's prophecy and Jesus' arrival, 600 years is a long, long time, right? The process is difficult. What an encouragement that God is faithful to his promises. He draws himself, or us to himself, um, even in the waiting, and especially in the waiting. Um, so God's timing is perfect. God's time is perfect. All right, so today we're talking about names. Um, so when I was in Jacksonville, on staff of the church down in Jacksonville, Florida, um, I was really close with the drummer down there. He was about the same age. We both grew up loving pop punk uh, and just had a lot in common. Uh, <clears throat> he surfed and skateboarded. I skate, or I skated at the time. Um, not really. I kind of stopped. Kind of started back with Kyle when I moved back here, but uh, that was a mistake. Um, but no, it was, uh, we had a lot in common. And for about two years, we would hang out after, or outside of service, outside of anything around the church. Um, we were friends. We were good friends. Um, and I can't believe it took two years for this to happen. But somebody, I think that's a testament in and of itself that it took two years for this to happen. But at some point, somebody, probably Sally, used my full name. Said, John Andrew McMahon. So the cat's out of the bag, bag now. If you didn't know, my first name's actually John. It's not Andrew. I go by Andrew. I don't know why my parents did that, but I'm grateful for it because I like Andrew better than John anyways. No offense if any of y'all are named John. Um, but, but Sally said, John Andrew McMahon, and that's not saved for children. Um, you know, husbands in here, you all know that your wife will use your full name for you too. Um, but he was like, who, who are you talking to? What did you just say? I don't even know you anymore. Like he was, he was very taken back by the fact that my name, my first name was not Andrew. Um, so there's names that are used 
to describe us. And obviously that's my given name, but there's nicknames as well. We all know, we all probably have on our minds some amazing nicknames of the past. And nicknames are used to kind of describe uh, someone's capabilities, um, someone's character, someone's uh, physical stature, all these sort of things. I think some of the greatest nicknames, Hammerin', Hank, Aaron, Atlanta Braves, greatest home run hitter of all time, I don't care what you say, greatest home run hitter of all time belongs in Atlanta. Um, Andre, the Hawk Dawson, got the name the Hawk because he could just hunt down any ball that was hit his way. Um, NFL Hall of Fame defensive back, Deion Sanders, who knows his nickname? Come on. Primetime. Primetime. Primetime was his nickname because he was always great. But when those lights turned on and he was on prime time, he was on that prime time slot, knew it was on TV, man, he showed out. And then he also had another nickname, Neon Dion. Um, Randy Johnson, huge dude uh, at the time in baseball. Uh, not many pitchers were like 6'7". I think he was 6'7 or 6'8". Uh, lanky dude threw a wipeout slider that just would lay to waste any batter that that dared to stand in the box. Was it, I think it was Randy Johnson in the All-Star game that Larry Walker, another Hall of Famer, um, actually turned around and decided to bat left-handed because, or right-handed or whatever opposite he was um, because he was just scared of Randy Johnson. Um, but his nickname was the big unit. Uh, Ozzie Smith was called the Wizard of Oz, obviously because of his first name, Ozzie, um, but also because defensively that dude made plays that no one else could make, and he made them so flashy. They were awesome. They called him the wizard. Um, I have no clue why Sally is in my phone as Sally the Salinator McMahon, but she is. Uh, I just put her in that way. Uh, so Sally's nickname is the Salinator, and I expect you all to use that accordingly. Um, and my personal favorite is we on the creative team, we call AJ Big Cherry Red. Um, that's actually not true at all. We don't call him Big Cherry Red. But we want to start calling him Big Cherry Red, so I also would appreciate your help with that. Um, but today, with nicknames, there are some nicknames, some describers, if you will, in Isaiah 9, where Isaiah talks about how Jesus will be known. Um, so we're going to be in Isaiah 9, 6. It says, for to us, a child is born, a son is given, the government shall be on his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So again, those four, we got Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These are kind of nicknames for Jesus, how he will be known, what he will be called, what he will do. Let's pray together. God, we just thank you so much. We thank you that you sent Jesus down. We thank you that as we're about to discover, you fulfilled all of these names. And you continue to fulfill all of these names. So Lord, just open our hearts this morning to receive your word. We're going to trust you for what you're going to say to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So first name, Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful in Hebrew is pala, meaning uncommon. So Jesus is an uncommon counselor. If you have read the New Testament and read, you know, the Gospels, you see that, yeah, he said a lot of things that were pretty uncommon that are beyond our logic, right? Um, I think of John 3, Nicodemus. He's a Pharisee. 
He's a ruler amongst the Jewish people. He's a teacher. He knows the law. He teaches the law. He knows how they have just hashed this out and how they, how they teach it. And he comes to Jesus in John 3. And the first thing he says, We know that you are a teacher coming from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. He immediately recognizes Jesus as uncommon. He says, okay, you're different. You are this is this is clearly different. You are someone who's set apart. You are uncommon. You are wonderful. He recognizes Jesus as wonderful, as uncommon. Before Nicodemus even gets the question out, Jesus hits back with a response. <clears throat> he says that uh, that people have to be born again, and that confuses the mess out of Nicodemus. Nicodemus is like. What does that mean? This sounds really weird. Like, do I have to crawl back in my, like, you can't crawl back in your mama's belly. Like, this is, this is strange. This is an uncommon counsel that you're giving me. And then obviously that gets hashed out a little bit further. You have to be born again. He recognizes Jesus wonderful and uncommon. And then John and, and John forged the next chapter over. Jesus approaches this, the Samaritan woman at the well. And he starts by discussing water in a very uncommon way. Obviously, water um, provides life for, for us when you know, we, it sustains us. It helps sustain us. It keeps us hydrated. Same thing with plants and um, you know, growing our food and such. Uh, same thing in those days. Used it the same way. But um, he starts talking about, I am the living water. Uh, whoever drinks from, from me shall not, shall not thirst again. And like this is very uncommon. It's very weird. It's very wonderful. Uh, he's giving this counsel that is out of the norm. So then he, he starts discussing water in an uncommon manner. He calls out her sin, which he should not know, but he does know because he's Jesus. He drops the Messiah bomb on her. Like she's like, hey, I've heard of this Messiah that's going to come. And he's like, yeah, that's me. Um, then his disciples show up and they're like, wait a second, he's talking to a woman, which is really uncommon in those days. He's talking to a woman and a Samaritan woman at that. Like, There's a lot of uncommonalities, if that's a word, about these stories. And we could go through, uh, these are only two examples. We could go through example after example after example after example. I mean, you talk about, should love me more than, uh, you know, should hate your father, your father and mother. Uh, like, that sounds very uncommon and very out of the logic and out of the ordinary out of logic and out of the ordinary for us. Jesus is an uncommon counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. Um, I think of Luke 2 about Jesus' interactions uh, at the temple as a child. Like, it was clear from his childhood that Jesus was uncommon. And people were often left in awe and wonder of what Jesus said, how he, how he accepted Stuff and the things that he put back out, the counsel that he put back out, left people astounded. We can go through all the Gospels and just find time after time after time where he just left people absolutely astonished. He is a wonderful and uncommon counselor. And today, Jesus still counsels us with perfect wisdom, with that perfect wisdom that sometimes may sound uncommon, sometimes may sound uncommon or out of our logic. But if it lines up with Scripture, his, his mysteries are beyond us, right? And when we, when we fall into who he is and we trust him more and more and more and more, 
we end up realizing how perfect his wisdom is because he is the author of wisdom. Amen. So he is the wonderful counselor. Point two, he's the mighty God. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life that was life that was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is a mighty God. John tells us here, like, everything was made through Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. That's Jesus. Everything was made through Jesus. He has his hand all around creation. I don't think a wimpy or a puny or weak God can accomplish that, right? Um, Mark 4, verse 37 I love this story. So the disciples in a boat on the sea, Jesus knocked out, just, just snoring. He's asleep front, uh, in, the, in the boat, and uh, we get a huge storm, right? Huge storm. And he's still knocked out, just not, not phased by this at all. And his disciples are like, we're about to die. Like, wake up, Jesus, please, wake up. And it's cool to note that they knew who to go to, Right? It's really cool to note that. Like, they knew exactly who they could trust for this because they know the type of counselor he is, the type of God he is, the type of father he is. But then still they get amazed by it. When he stands up, he says, all right, it says the wind storm, peace, be quiet. And it storms, it calms. The wind ceased, there was a great calm, and he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you, have you still no faith and they were fear they were filled with great fear and they said to one another who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him he said peace be still like hey calm down like parents you ever say that to your kids hey calm down and don't work right that's exactly right it, it hardly ever works i have a dog and like it works like it doesn't really work all that well for him. Like, it does a little bit for me better than it does for Sally because, you know, he just, he loves me more. Um, no, but, uh, but peace, be still. Like, I'm telling that to Murphy. He doesn't listen all that well. But what happened to the storm? The storm listened better than our kids, than our dogs, than our cats, than, especially our cats, than anything. Like, so he is a mighty God. He can control this storm and say, hey, chill out. Bring it back down a level. We just want peaceful sailing. And sure enough, all right, cool. Cool, God, I will. He is a mighty God. This is just a quick example again. Again, this is something that we could go through. We could go through like weeks on these names, but he is a mighty God. So we see that he is a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. Point three, we see that he is an everlasting father. Everlasting everlasting that that holds so much weight that word everlasting revelation 22 verse 13 says i am the alpha this is jesus speaking i'm the alpha and the omega the first and the last the beginning and the end the beginning and the end the first the last the alpha omega we read just a moment ago and john says in the beginning was the Word. So that means the Word stood before the beginning. 
Jesus is before time. He will be after time. He is everlasting. His words are true. They're profitable. They do not return void. Death could not end Jesus. And that should be celebratory for us. That death, death as we know it, could not end Jesus. He is the everlasting Father. I don't know if you've ever seen this particular clip. Um, it may be from like the 80s. Uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name. He's a professor, uh, but he's a, he's a Christian apologist. And in this particular debate, it's him. Uh, it's him debating uh, three atheist scientists just over various topics. And uh, you kind of have to get used to the way he enunciates things. But um, he talks about, he's, he's responding to the question, where does God come from? That's the question that was um, posed to him by one of these scientists. Where does God come from? And he talks about space, time, and matter, right? How if God is truly God, he cannot be confined to space. He is before and outside of before and after and outside of time. He created time. These are things that God created to define his creation. And he does so just so eloquently. And he just, um, where did God come from? This is a masterful job. It's the fault in the question itself of where does God come from? Because if God comes from somewhere, then he's a created entity. But he is not. In the beginning was the word. This is Jesus. And the word was with God. The word was God. He was already there. Before any spark lit, before any mountain rose up, before any star shined, Jesus was in the building. On the scene. God does not exist within space, time, or matter. He's not limited to those things. Rather, he is the author of space, time, and matter. He is not limited to time. He's not confined to the parameters of time. He's not affected by matter. doesn't matter what, what makes this thing up. I can't throw this at God and hurt him. I can't throw you know, pour this hot tea on God and hurt him. He is not affected by matter. And he is not boxed in or confined to a space. He is the everlasting Father. He is always available. He is always there. He always will be there. First, last, beginning and the end. Jesus is the mighty God, the wonderful counselor, the everlasting Father he is also the prince of peace. Philippians 4, verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything. This is Paul talking. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And what? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. That's, that goes back to that uncommon counseling, a peace that is uncommon, goes past understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in what? Christ Jesus. Jesus is the prince of peace. John 16, this is Jesus speaking. He said, I have said these things to you that in me, in Jesus, you may have peace. 
the world, in the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, what? I've overcome the world. There's that mighty God. He is the everlasting Father, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the wonderful Counselor. This summer we broke down, we, we did a series called uh, Sermon on the Mount, and Pastor Dustin did just a killer job of breaking down the Beatitudes. And what did he say? He said, blessed are essentially equals congratulations to, right? Congratulations to you who brings peace. Congratulations to you who, you, or who brings peace. So congrats to those who bring those, and he, this is how he defined peace. This is ultimate peace. Congratulations to you who bring those who are far from God close to God. Why? And through who? Jesus. Ultimate peace comes through Jesus. He is the ultimate peacemaker. The Bible says that, that we are in a, in a battle, right? That we are in a constant war in the spiritual realms. And that battle is, is over our souls between God and the devil. Truth be told, though, let me go ahead and, and wind this back a little bit because, remember, God, Jesus does not exist within time. So we know that this battle has been completed already. That Jesus has come out victorious, amen? That we can share in that victory with Jesus. The battle's over. It's already won. The book's been written. It's sent off to the printer. It's already hit the bestsellers. Uh, like it's done. It's done. It's complete. No revisions made. Jesus wins. He is not affected by time, space, or matter. So we go back to this idea of Prince of Peace. We're in this battle because we are still affected. We are still on this earth. We are still here in our confined timeline, right? We are affected by time, space, and matter. So we, we feel the weight of this spiritual battle that's raging on over our souls. <clears throat> but death couldn't hold Jesus down. Because of that, Jesus has made available to us a peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that is uncommon. A peace that can preach the gospel. You ever had peace over a situation that should have been absolute chaos? And someone says, why aren't you going nuts right now? Because... I got to say, like, I would be, like, ripping the sheet rock off the walls right now. But you are, like, remarkably handling yourself. Has that ever happened to you? If not, I hope it does. Like, I hope not necessarily that you go through a remarkably terrible situation, but truth is we go through terrible situations because that's life. That's a sin curse. We're here on this earth, and that's what happens. But we go through it with the peace of God, with the peace that Jesus provides to us because he's the prince of peace. And when we do that, it's a testament to the world. What a wonderful name it is that nothing compares to the name of Jesus, the author of our peace. Death couldn't hold down Jesus. Because of that, Jesus has made available to us his ultimate peace. What our part is, is recognizing our sin. And he draws us to realize that. Jesus makes us more, more aware of our sin. Place our faith in Jesus as Savior and accept that gift of grace, that ultimate final peace. Jesus is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But in closing, I want to just land 
on the name of Jesus as we close. Jesus. The sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing. What? What's the next line? Keeps me singing as I go. Jesus. Philippians 2.9. Man, I love this verse. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to what? The glory of God the Father. Jesus. The name at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Man. That's what we celebrate. Jesus. That he came down. The Son of God came down and his name is Jesus. He will be known as Mighty God. As Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. Because these are things that he's going to bring with him. But Jesus, it all wraps up into Jesus. My heart will sing no other name. What? Jesus. We sing this often. All hail King Jesus. I stand on the chain break, miracle make, powerful name. What? Jesus. Jesus. That's what it's about. That's what we're doing this morning. That's what we're doing. That's what that, like I said before, is the driving engine of everything that we do. That's the focus of, of every move that we make here at Impact. And I pray that that's the driving force of every move that everyone who comes to Impact and is affected by Impact and hears the words that we preach and the gospel laid out that, that Jesus is the driving force of our lives. And this Christmas, man, I'm kind of like Dustin. I'm a little bit of a Grinch when it comes to Christmas. Uh, he's working on it a little bit harder this year than I am. Like, I'm kind of still like, whatever. Um, but Christmas is cool. Like, I get it. Like, the gifts are cool. The tree's cool. Candy canes are all right. Like, hot chocolate's all right. Um, I love the food that comes around at Christmas. Sally's making a hash brown casserole on Christmas Eve, and that's just like... That's, that's it for me. I eat that. I take the whole pan to the room and hide with it, eat it, and be done. But, like, there's so many awesome things. Last night, we took the kids around, and we looked at Christmas lights all around, well, around townish. We went to Grovetown and Evans and whatnot. And, um, and just to see, like, the wonder on their face, how cool everything is for them, like, it's just like, this is awesome. This is really cool. There's a lot of really cool and awesome things about Christmas. But Jesus... But Jesus is the thing. And I just want to remind us that this morning. I just want us to be in wonder of that this morning. That Jesus is the wonderful counselor, Prince of Peace, everlasting Father. He brings everything for us. He's the mighty God. He brings it all out before us. Jesus, the name above every other name through him and him alone there's hope so as we head into christmas week i just don't want us to forget about jesus 
everlasting Father, he fleshed himself out into his creation. Fleshed himself out, put a skin suit on, as weird as that sounds. Did not rehearse saying that. Skin suit sounds really weird. Put, put flesh around himself. And I love the song that we sang last week. That he breathes the very air that his breath sustains for us, right? Because he loves us. Because he wants to bring peace to us. So this morning, in honor of Jesus, as we should every week, we're just going to praise him. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.